We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to Talking Yang in preview of the conference championship games and a lot of other stuff. Uh, maybe a little prop bets, probably not too much of that. Uh, a little baseball maybe we'll mix in. Who knows? Uh, Chris, what's going on? How's, how's things in Portugal? Uh, things are nice in Portugal. Um, pleasant and uh, not much, man. You know, it's like it's a time of year I'm not doing much hoops or I don't do any hockey. And so you know, to me, it's kind of a lull, you know, I'm just starting to dip my toe into baseball. And I was thinking about doing this today, which was downloading the steamer and getting those, uh, put together. And I told you my whole plan, right. About yep. how I'm going to do my projections. Then Derek was like, yeah, but the, the closer is going to be a real pain doing it that way because the steamer projections for closers are kind of terrible. Yeah. Why is that? Because they just can't project saves with any, they're just not good at like an algorithm just cannot project saves. You know, I mean, you can project saves for like a world Chapman or somebody, but you can't project saves for all the guys grubbing for the jobs and teams that have weird usage patterns. You just have to have the market that, you know, knows tendencies and is speculating on who's going to use, be used how based on, you know, who's there and stuff. I, I think the market is just way better. So maybe for closers, I'll just use, NFBC only for my for my cheat sheet. It's not a bad idea. You know, I'm 
the more I think about it, the more I'm going to wait on closers. Uh, I won't punt it entirely. I think we talked about this on the air, but uh, I, you know, in the past, I've always done say in the NFPC 15 team mixed, uh, uh, you know, mixed draft uh, main event. I've I've ended with two closers after 10 rounds, and usually I go two and two, or you know, two starters, two closers, maybe three cl- starters, two closers. I feel like I'm always chasing though, either with you know, with either starting pitching, with strikeouts. And I have to jump on them at rounds 11, 12, you know, and, and with more volatile pitchers or, you know, I'm behind on offense. The more I think about it, the more I looked at what other teams have done in the past, good teams have done, and just roster construction, I think I might only have one closer in the top 10 rounds. Yeah, I think I might have none. Yeah, I can see that too. As I, I just, it's just, it, it, it's like, if saves get if the bar for saves gets lower and lower, the more you can fudge it. You just don't want to get totally shut out. You know, I I wonder whether there's probably some math equation you could do to figure out like having like six guys with a thirty percent chance of thirty saves might be better than having three guys with a sixty percent chance of thirty saves. You know, like that. Yeah. You just because you get to cut the ones that don't make it. Yeah, it's not a bad idea at all. Uh, especially if they're not from like loser teams, you know, and th- that's the one thing that makes this a little trickier is that, I mean, you have teams like the, you know, the Orioles are an extreme example last year, but just th- that division between have and have nots was so big last year. And it seems like it's similar to that this year. And, you know, teams are actively not really trying or not actively trying to win. And it's kind of, you know, maybe they're trying to win in the long run, but they're not trying to do anything to improve themselves this year. So anyways, getting a little far afield, uh, usually we, you know, wait to get a far afield. We start far afield today, but uh, let's talk a little football. Uh want to talk. Well, this, is the fo- this is in the football podcast category, isn't it? It it's actually, yeah, we do. We do do it in the football category. We do post it there. That's right. Um, well, let's talk. Let's talk about the conference championship games. Let's talk about, uh, you know, the uh, games that just happened last weekend. I was excited about those games and they weren't that great. You know, they weren't very, you know, first of all, they're, you know, standalone games are tough. We've talked about the reasons why I think the ideal method is pause it for about half an hour, 45 minutes, go do something productive and then just fast forward through commercials and reviews and things like that. Uh, the problem is you can't be like on Twitter or tweeting way at something that happened in the game. I like doing that. That's how I like to, you know, I like to consume the game by like, you know, reacting to things go, are going on, but it's so nice to be able to fast forward through the same repetitive, terrible commercials and the long delays for, uh, re, you know, when, whenever there's a challenge. Yeah. My problem is I have game pass on the Apple TV Yeah, and it's not really that easy to fast forward to specific places. Like oh. I can fast forward to the present very easily, but I can't, let's say I, I leave for 20 minutes and I come back it's kind of hard to be precise about it. So it's a real pain in the ass. You end up watching the same play like three times and going too far. Now you know what you want to know ahead of time. And so it's, it's not really an option. I mean, I could probably figure it out better, but as far as I can tell, it's not easy. So um, there's no great solution to the standalone game. Mercifully, there's only three left. I'm seriously thinking of watching the Super Bowl on delay this year. Like I've watched them in real time the last couple of years. And it's been truly miserable, especially because I didn't cover and lost some money. But just didn't, you know, the Atlanta one was the worst in Barcelona in a hotel room at like five o'clock in the morning. My family sleep in the bed and me with the headphones on. 
betting like, you know, $600 on, and, and with odds on the Falcons and having it locked up, thinking about the extra thousand I was going to have. Yeah. And then all of a sudden having to pay out 600 a couple minutes later, which was worse total. being doing that or watching your giants lose at my party. Uh, man, that was both very bad. I mean, they're both bad because I didn't really know that many people at your party and I was sitting there. This is 2000. You're sitting in the, the corner in our Manhattan, my I'm Manhattan just beach apartment there, there and like, like cursing, ah. but like, I can't really go ballistic cause I don't really know you guys. And like, it's just a terrible, and then I not, I'm getting distracted. It's like really annoying. And then, uh, yeah, that was bad. That was really, really a terrible experience. And then the, the Barcelona was pretty bad too, though, because I couldn't really, and I couldn't sleep, you know. And I had a whole vacation plan, and I was like, "Shit, it's five in the morning," and I'm like jacked up and miserable. You know, it was terrible. It's both were terrible. I don't know. I can't pick. It's a Sophie's choice. Yeah. All right. Well, my, I mean, my bad Super Bowl memories are all are both when I was a kid. So I mean, it's like one one I was in high school, the other I was just like. 10 or something. I, I was 10. Uh, cause 81, uh, that, both were at the hands of the nine Bengals losing the Niners. The, the second one was more painful because I was a little, you know, well, first of all, I was older. Secondly, I thought that that team was really good. And there were three, I mean, they had it. If Lewis Billups holds on to the interception. It's game over. They win, but yeah. So anyways, um, and you know, it sucks now because I, you know, they barely won a postseason game since the last postseason win is 1990. Yeah, that's a generation and a half ago. Wow, you really peaked in 1990 as a fan, didn't you? Yeah, Reds win. Reds winning the World Series, sweeping the A's, and the Bengals winning a playoff game, and nothing since. So, yeah, it, it, it really was pretty bad. Uh, so, anyways, uh, let's talk about this week. Uh, two games, obviously, a rematch: Rams, Saints in New Orleans, uh, and then you know, Chiefs hosting the Pats. You know, they the last time they played in New England earlier this season, that was a great game, actually. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be the same great game this time. I think it'll be more in the muck, in part because it's going to be like stupid cold in Kansas City. That's one of the big storylines. It's an Arctic freeze is due for uh, KC. Yeah, that probably doesn't help KC because New England is sort of the power running team that is going to just. But New England's run defense isn't that good either. I mean, this is actually it's kind of both teams are pretty well equipped to play in the cold. It depends with the wind. I think you can still throw the ball in the cold. Uh, Mahomes kind of has small hands, believe it or not. And I wonder if the grip is going to be okay. You know, your hand gets kind of numb. It's kind of sometimes hard to grip the ball. Could be all those things could be a factor. Obviously Brady has played in tons of cold weather before, not an issue for him and uh, probably favors the Patriots a little bit if it's really extremely cold, but I wouldn't really change my opinion that much. I hope that's a good game. That's the game I really care about. The Saints Rams, it's actually kind of boring to me. They played before. I just don't like those teams anymore. I really don't like the Saints. I, that Eagles game was terrible. The Saints haven't played an interesting game in a long time. Their defense has gotten better. Their offense is kind of hard to watch. The Pittsburgh game was interesting. It just wasn't well played necessarily, but it was interesting. Yeah, the Pittsburgh game was uh, not bad in terms of how it was you know, the, the flow of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it's, you're right though. They haven't played the same crisp game that we, uh, you know, that we were, uh, looking at earlier in the season there. I mean, it's just neither team has, I mean, this, the Rams, like you mentioned on the XM show, I mean, they were running the ball well, uh, but it, it's just not, it's the offense is 
it's weird to say this. I, mean, I you know, some we make attribution errors all the time. You know, we we like to conclude, oh, they're missing Cooper Cup. That's why they're why, why they're doing that. But they're missing him. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, it is a difference. It is a big deal. I don't know if that's the sole reason or even like the primary reason, but it's a reason. Yeah, they they miss Cooper Cup. They they're very thin on offense. Josh Reynolds not as good as Cup, and there's nobody beyond Reynolds. They got a couple of tight ends who aren't major parts of the offense. It's a it's kind of a, it's it's weird. Like the Patriots are weird. The Patriots have Julian Edelman. That's their only target. Gronk caught one pass. Apparently Gronk was good as a blocker in that game. But Gronk's not involved in the passing offense anymore. Maybe he will be this game. Edelman's the only viable receiver they have in James White. And they hand it off to Sony Michelle, and Burkhead gets a little work too. But that's it. What a weird offense. And same with the Rams. It's just Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and two running backs. That's it. It's a strange thing. But look at the Saints. It's like Michael Thomas is the only receiver they have. Ted Ginn got a bunch of targets. If Breeze, Breeze just didn't have enough arm on that first interception to open the game. Yeah. It seemed like a force like that, to me. They like, they hey, we're going to establish Ginn deep right now. I felt like well, no, that, 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 I thought that that's wasn't forced. Did. That was a good idea, but they just breeze didn't have the arm to get it to him. He was open. Just couldn't get it over the head of the DB. The DB was like jumping backwards and caught it. Yeah. But Ginn was three yards behind him. I mean, he gets a little more loft on that. That's a touchdown. And he just didn't have the arm strength. Like that, that was a little disturbing. If you're a saints fan, you're like, Whoa, he should have had that. It was just, it was short. Well, you remember, uh, you know, it's funny, both uh, Breeze and Brady kind of had that same issue. Remember, uh, you know, the, the Pats were romping, so it probably kind of got unnoticed, but there's a play where Brady had an open receiver deep downfield down the right sideline, and he woefully underthrew him. Uh, it didn't end up being a pick or anything, just an incomplete pass. Uh, but it was like, okay, so he does still have problems with the deep ball. That's, that. I mean, that's a legit issue. And hey, we all, I mean, we should, you know, we should have that. Pro- we should all have that problem at age forty, you know, to, you know, have have issues with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it was the one thing that, that could be exploitable at some point in time. Yeah, you wonder. I mean, Patriots just—it's all dink and dunk, and you you got to figure the Chiefs' defense isn't good, but man, they just don't make you defend that much of the field. So, I, I'm, I, I hope the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs are exciting. You're still gonna have the Belichick game planning Brady. There was a great video that he made that he's interviewing after the game. And he said, yeah, everyone thinks we suck now. We're going to have to show them. And they truly, you know, everyone sees them as Goliath, but they identify with David. You know, they truly think that people don't respect them, dismiss them. And it's just amazing that Belichick and Brady are able to cultivate that seriously cultivate that in their minds after all that's happened. Well, there's, there's some think, chatter. There's that whole, is this the end of an era chatter that was happening before the chargers game? You know, people are using that to justify picking the chargers, <clears throat> maybe me uh, a little bit there, but you know, they, they, you know, they clearly draw whatever they can as motivation. I mean, that's, that's the life of a professional athlete. You know, when you, you, I guess that's just, you, you look for edges, you look for something to give yourself a chip on the shoulder for, I guess. Right. Yeah. But it's like, not, I mean, yes, there's always those people every time. Oh, this could be the end, you know, but mm-hmm. like, that's such a small faction. Like most, the public, most people think Patriots are been one of the elite juggernauts. Eventually you'll be right. It may take a while, but you might be right eventually. And they might, or they might go Mariano Rivera where they just go out on top and retire one, at some yeah. point. This one's for John. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You could do that too. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the one there's only, there's been very little movement between these two games, uh, but the one big thing that's moved in uh, at all is the over-under in the KC game. Uh, opened at 58. It's down to 55 because of the Arctic snap. 
yeah, cold weather. And I also just think that if you think about how they're going to play this game, even if the weather were good, you know, Belichick, I've, I said this either on the radio a couple times or maybe to you, definitely to DVR today, that I read somewhere that before the Giants Bills Super Bowl, you got to remember the Bills had just beat the Raiders 51 to 3. And they had Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas. This team was just loaded and loaded on defense. And they were favored by like seven points or something. They were favored by a lot in that Super Bowl. And Belichick was the defensive coordinator. And he said, you know, Thurman Thomas can get 100 yards this game. And the Giants had been stuffing the run all year. And, the, and so it was very sort of, what? You know, we're not going to let this guy run on us. And they did it, and obviously they limited the Bills to just close enough where the Giants' offense, which wasn't great, could beat them after they missed that field goal. And I think it'll be similar in some ways where you know, they can't let the Chiefs get an 80-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. They can't let them get 35-yard plays to Travis Kelsey. they, they got to keep it you know, more of like a slowed-down, grinded-out game where they can win against that defense. And I think that's what they're going to do. So I would have, you know, I would have definitely bet the under, even with good weather. I don't think that uh, the Patriots are going to play a game where it's wide open. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right. And I think that's been their strength all year. I think their strength has been offensively just slow it down some with uh, the running game. You know, and maybe, you know, it, it, obviously they started off against the uh, Chargers that the short passes. White White was just killing him on that first drive. I remember that. But Mich- Michelle then took advantage of the uh, Sony. Michelle took advantage of all the uh, gaps that resulted from all that too. But that was you know you look at the end of the season. Brady looked very ordinary against the Bills and Jets to finish the season. Looked good against the Chargers, I thought. But you know he wasn't asked to do much. That uh, was it was just kind of a strange game how the Chargers put up so little resistance and maybe maybe it's just a combination of things where they just you know they were just worn out but it was weird to see that you would think that okay this is a different Chargers team I'm buying into this team no they they just they just no showed that game yeah I mean it was the third game in a row on the road after playing a very physical Ravens team on the road travel back to L A twice and back to the East Coast again for an early body clock game against the team that's not only rested. But just so sharp, you know, take away what they're doing well, um, attack their weaknesses, and they just folded. And, you know, I I don't really, to me, that's a good time to fade the Pats this week because I I just think that they just, it was just one of those games. You know, it wasn't that they destroyed the Chargers. The Chargers won 21-3 in the fourth quarter. So the actual margin, which was 13, was really more like 30. They killed them. And I just think that's not really reflective of, much it's just how it played out so i think casey's been the better team all year new england struggled on the road we had rufus on rufus peabody on today and he doesn't think that's a thing that the patriots are worse on the road and better at home and he just thinks that just a fluke and obviously they're tough at home because they're a good team and there is a real thing of home field advantage and that's that um in my opinion though i think some teams in given years are more home road extreme and that it's probably a fluke some years where we read in a pattern into it, but that doesn't mean that's the case all the time. And, you know, when you're losing to the lions and getting outplayed by the lions and the Titans, um, I think, uh, and the dolphins too, and the dolphins, all the dolphins should have won that game, but yeah, they pretty much won the game, but, but like you even pointed out after the time, yes, they, they, that ended on a fluke, but the Pats blocked two punts in that game. That's kind of fluky too. Yeah, they were lucky to even, you know, to, for it to even be that close, be winning. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think this is a big difference, and you know, Andy Reid does botch it. He's come close and made terrible decisions and 
big situations before, but the Chiefs beat the Pats last year too, and opening, you know, when the Pats were defending their Super Bowl, right? That opening week, um, they beat them. Andy Reid is pretty clever. He knows that defense. Belichick's going to be making, you know, doing some countermeasures. It's going to be kind of a chess game, and uh, you know, it's really hard to know what's going to happen. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just think the Chiefs are the better team, and they're only getting the three at home. The cold weather makes me a little nervous because if it's not a regular game where regular Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Kelsey can show up, then you know, then that, then of course all bets are off. Yeah, that that's kind of the way I'm, you know, the way I was thinking too. I mean, even the second half of the game against the Colts, their offense kind of didn't do much. They had well, they had the the drive late, but most of the second half they weren't that great. Sammy Watkins is a problem i think i mean and i not not for the pats but for the chiefs he you see how he tries to avoid hits avoid hits i mean and coughed up that fumble that could have been pretty big a big play but you know the, the chiefs defense stepped up and got the sack fumble on luck like two plays after but that could have been a big game-changing play and instead uh she's got out of that but i don't know i just i feel like the, the Teams were starting to adjust to the Chiefs some in the second half of the season. Pass rushes were getting to Mahomes a lot easier. I think the Pats are going to be a team that is smart. You know, Belichick's going to find, you know, see all that film, find ways to exploit that in his own right. I I thought I was going to be on the Chiefs here, but the more I think about it, the more I talk about it with you, the more I think I'm going to be picking the Pats. Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, the cold, uh, the weather is not good because any sort of brutal conditions favors the Pats. You know, if this were a dome, I'd be laying like almost six and a half on the Chiefs. You know, right. though, you know, if the Chiefs were like a dome team and they could just track meet them, that'd be easier because the Pats have no big play guys. So the the more you take that away, but cold itself is not, you know, is not that big a deal. I mean, it's it looks like it's between minus two and twelve that day. I was just looking at the weather, and that's cold. But like, if it's like eight degrees out, once you're running around, I don't know how big of a difference it'll make yeah keep in mind it's a night game uh so it'll be colder like at six well it'll be evening it won't be you know it's i think it'll be what like 5 40 is local time it's 6 40 eastern 5 40 uh, yeah so it'll be at, it's, sun's down already by then yeah but the, the, the hottest part of the day is like 4 p.m because the sun's been out all day so it's you know gonna be a little it'll be one of the warmer parts of the day i want to look where uh where did Mahomes go to school? Texas Tech, right? So he did not play cold weather games there. No. Yeah, he was not really a cold weather. Lubbock guy. can get a little and, windy, I guess, in in November, uh, which makes it colder. But uh, no, it also gets crazy hot in September and October. So there you go. Yeah, and he's uh, he's big, but he he's got small hands. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it. You know, some I hope he doesn't pull a Lamar Jackson in this game. Yeah, uh, don't think he'll do that i don't think you know he'll he'll be given real chances to uh, you know throw the right way and all that in the game we won't be like oh oh now that we're down in the fourth quarter no, no, no but lamar jackson kept fumbling because he was you know the ball kept slipping out of his hands yeah well because he got keep getting hit on the hands is a good part good reason why but um i, I you know i he hasn't had the fumbling issues that uh jackson no had he has not yet so. he has not um, yeah, and so we mentioned the total going down. Rams, Saints, I'm going to pick the Rams, I, even though I know it's like I think a lot of people are picking them. I like getting the extra half point, and it's three and a half on that one there. Uh, it's, I just The Saints just haven't looked that great, like you said. Uh, defensively, they're a lot better than they were at the beginning of the season. I'll give, them, give you that. I think the Saints' defense has gotten better. 
but the offense has definitely regressed. Or maybe just, you know, offenses generally have regressed. I mean, isn't that kind of the thing? All these high-flying offenses over the second half of the season were starting to slow down? Yeah, they all were in, in weather matters and just exposure to defenses and people, you know, getting film on them. Obviously, the more familiar teams are, the the harder it is for the offense. The more fresh they are, the easier it is. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't know why I just don't like this game. I don't like the same. It's kind of boring to me. It's weird. You think, Oh, the number one versus the number two, the showdown, but like saints are like a boring team. And like, I really cannot stand Taysom Hill coming in. He did make that really nice throw. That was called back for a hole to Camara for that long touchdown. But those, that game against the Eagles is just such an all it was, it ended horribly, obviously on the slip through uh, Jeffrey's hands on the lucky pick. I mean, the Eagles easily could have won that game and just what a boring game to watch. So many flags. I mean, it's just the NFL. It's maybe it's not the saints fault, but I don't really like Michael Thomas. He's just like, he's like he Devonte Adams, all these guys. The only one I like of that ilk of receiver is, is Hopkins. Cause Hopkins is just such an artist at the sidelines and the acrobatic catch. His hands makes, are so darn good. Yeah. So Hopkins strong. is really, Hopkins is just really, you know, is he the best receiver the best, in the NFL? I don't think so. I still think Beckham and Julio Jones are better and, and we'll see if, if Antonio Brown maybe slipped a little, so maybe he's not there anymore, but no, I, I think you got to be able to take it deep. These, these possession receivers, I just, I, they're, they're good. But like I was watching the Eagles game, I guess it must be hard to guard him because otherwise they you know, wouldn't be able to, but he's running 10 yards. I don't know if you saw the replays, he'd run 10 yards and we cut in. And Breeze would hit him with the pass, he'd catch it, and they would tackle him. And Michael Thomas is pretty good at breaking tackles after the catch, but it's like, just so, fucking guard the guy. Well, I mean, so here's the thing. You know, don't you think it's kind of like these guys, some guys make better cuts, some guys make those, those cuts at full speed. Right. And, and also, they, they got to be connected with the defense because a lot of times there's option routes. And, you know, they look at the coverage they have, and the quarterback and the receiver have to be on the right page on which way to break, when to break. How you know what angle to take on that break? Some some receivers are obviously better than that than others, and I think Thomas checks those boxes. He must. I mean, he must. <laughs> there's just there's no other explanation because he's not fast. He's not doing some crazy double move. I've seen Beckham stutter step and go in another direction, and the, the defender like jumps, and it's like he's standing there by himself. I, I've seen Beckham just shake people out of his shoes on routes. Could you imagine you know, Beckham seen, with Mahomes? Oh, it would be out of control. I mean, you know, he's Rogers. He's not quite as fast as Tyreek Hill, but he's way faster than Michael Thomas and he'll catch anything thrown his way. And he's just so much more athletic and just explosive that, and you know, way better route runner than Tyreek Hill. And, but like you know, those, those receivers, like, I guess they must be, you're right. They must be able to read the defenses and he keeps going there and it looks so simple because he sees the Eagles aren't, he sees the, there's uncertainty or hesitation in the DB because the DB doesn't know where he's going to break and full speed. Boom. He cuts balls right there. Breeze knows exactly where he's going to go. It's probably what it is. And it's probably more complex than I'm making it out to be. But I was watching them just do the same goddamn thing. Every play. And I'm like, this is their only guy. He's running 10 yards and cutting in. I mean, how hard can that be? He's just standing right in front of the zone, catching it. Just, you know, track him, double him, do something. It was really, it was painful to watch. So maybe he's that good. You know, Keenan Allen, everyone loves Keenan Allen. Same thing. He's similar type of receiver. Devonte Adams is the most overrated of the bunch. It's like, Oh, he's a top five receiver. Dude, he has 8.2 yards per target this year. Devonte Adams cannot beat anyone deep. He's not fast. Michael Thomas, not fast, but just catches everything. 
And then and by not fast, you mean by NFL wide receivers compared to Julio Jones and Eldo Beckham Jr. fast? Well, I'm talking about average NFL wide receivers. You know, I mean, most of them, I think four or five is like kind of below average, four or five flat. You know, I think you got to be like four, four, seven is like average. Because if you're a four, six, you're a slot guy at best. Or you better be like, you know, six, four, two, thirty at least. You know, you got to be like, even Devin Funches runs like a sub four five, I think, or four five flat. Kelvin Benjamin ran like a four five. Boy, did that slow down. Yeah, that's like a four four nine. Um, but yeah, he's he's sluggish. But you know, if you're that huge, you, you don't have to get a big Jeffrey came out of the draft at a four four eight and you know he's gigantic. Yeah. So even these big guys are Mike Evans runs a four five and he's a so monster. Devontae Adams his his forty was a four five six. Right. And that's as a rookie, you know, that's coming in. Now, sometimes like obviously Antonio Brown had really slow time speed and you watch him in a game and clearly he's super fast, at least incredibly quick. So you can't just, you can't hang everything on the 40 time, but Devonte Adams is just not an explosive downfield guy. He's just not. And even with Rogers, he's not, and he'll catch a lot of touchdowns. He's a very good receiver. As I said, he's like the 15th best in the league. I don't care if he's the top three fantasy receiver. But I just, I just like those. I, I just, to me, it's like when Odo Beckham was healthy and going as a Giants fan watching all those games, you're like, this guy is just absolutely unstoppable. There's nothing they can do. And he's just amazing. And that's the kind of guy. And Julio Jones is like that too. He's not as quick as Beckham, but he was running a four, three, three. It's six, it's six, three, two twenty five. Yeah, that's crazy. You know I mean, he was just ridiculous. And so you know, players like that, Calvin Johnson at his peak was ridiculous. It's the it's the size and speed combo. It's just crazy. It's just really crazy. By the way, right. I looked at Beckham and our site. We say it's four four three. So I mean, it's definitely different. And and how how much does a tenth of a, a second matter in the forty? I guess it matters. It's pretty huge. Oh, it matters. Yeah, uh, I'm Odo, thinking about four, that. Four th- four four three is you know slightly above average speed, and he's probably plays a little faster than that, like more like four three eight ish. But it's also just the full speed cuts, the quickness, the routes, the hands, the acrobatics, the athleticism. I mean, he's just so ridiculous. So, you know, it's just like Antonio Brown was timed at four, five, seven or something crazy. Four, five, six. Um, I just checked it out. I'm I'm looking at, I'm going through like on our site. You can look at the Antonio Brown's timed badly. Hopkins timed really badly too. Four, five, seven. Yep. Yeah. But, you you know, and, and Hopkins is not fast. I mean, Hopkins, again, he's of the Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, type. I, I would say Robert Woods is like the poor man's group of that. And he's good, but he's not that fast. He's even smaller than those guys. So, you know, that, that, that like tough possession receiver that has great hands, runs the routes, is on the same page as his QB. You want to go further down that tree, like Edelman is another one. Edelman's like 5'11", 200 or something with like four or five speed, you know, but on the same thing, right? He probably reads the defense, knows how to get open, Perfect rapport with Brady. Those guys are good players. By way of comparison, T.Y. Hilton, 434. Jeez. That's gross. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm trying to look up, you know, I think in a couple of cases we uh, don't have uh, 40 times. I'm guessing it's, wonder if it's like. uh, Sometimes they don't run. Sometimes it's a pro day only. Sometimes they don't. Right. Run in the combine. They were hurt. But I know most of them because I write the receivers article. I know most of them. Yeah. So like Tyreek Hill didn't, didn't run at the combine, but his pro days, four two five, four two eight. Yeah, four two five. That's just Well, John insane. Ross is four two two. Yeah. You know. Which is and hence the Bengals took him and 
you know, after that. Yeah. Enough. Four two two is ridiculous, but yeah, no, yeah. Tyreek Hill is four two five. Brashad Perriman was like, I want to say Brashad Perriman was like four two four. In other words, slightly faster than Tyreek Hill or the same. And he's six two two fifteen, and he started to have a role with the Browns at the end of the year. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, he could just never stay healthy. And one of the things I heard with him, and this is weird, that. W- with him, one of it, yeah, you know, buddy of mine. That's a, it's unsubstantiated. It's a buddy of mine. It's a Ravens fan. So take that with the appropriate grain of salt. But as when he was a rookie, goes one of the reasons his injuries stem from the fact that, or from the notion that his one of his legs is slightly longer than the other. It's kind of like Vlad Guerrero, senior. Yeah. But well, there's not much you can do about that. <laughs> I guess you got to wear a shoe with like a a raised, you know, inse- insole or something. Paramount's pro yeah. day is four two four. By the way. Four two four at six two two twelve. Just insane. That's nobody. Nobody's. That's this doesn't happen. Like Julio is like six three two twenty five running a four three four, but a four two four at six two two twelve. The guys who are, are Tyree Kill or John Ross, they're skinny. They're like five eleven one one eighty five. You know, you don't. Right. No one at two twelve is running that four two four. Yeah. So um, you know, nice little um, meander down. 40 time lane there thing is i don't pay attention to pro days or to the combines i just we have people that do that mario does a great job he you know he's doing his you know he's doing a quick already looking at like the top 45 for in the draft for dynasty leagues that series is up on rotowire it's great uh but i i need like when a season ends i need a break i need even baseball i need like a month just to kind of like reboot and now i can launch back into it again same thing with football you know i you know just the, the hype dri- driven towards you know pro days and combine and the draft and all that just I, I it's too soon and too much for me yeah i don't give a shit about it either at the time but i always do the magazine and i write up the receivers yeah so when i'm writing people up of course i look it up and every year when i'm writing about the veterans i like re, you know rehash like what how fast they are in their physical skills so with receivers, at least I know it all running backs. I know a little bit, but not quite as deep because I don't, you know, do every single running back writing about them in depth. Um, but the receivers I know, and it's, you know, of course, again, like it doesn't tell the whole story. Antonio Brown is obviously fast, makes big plays all the time. Uh, and he ran like a four five, seven and is small. Like if you look at Antonio Brown with his, with his combine time and everything else, that's why I fell to the sixth round. Everyone's trying to say, oh, his, his character is why. Look at the way he got into this with Tomlin. I think or one person is saying that. I think oh, one, okay. there's one scout, and everyone jumped on that guy for, for tweeting it. Uh, for guy being that, a moron and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, you got it right with Antonio Brown. You guys knew all along. Great job. Yeah. But, but the reason is that he was small and he wasn't that fast. You know, I mean, at least the time speed. Right, and he Nobody went to a small how, school. You went, well, you went to not. You went to a cent, You went to a MAC. It was still Division One, but it was Central Michigan. I mean, he, he did not like, go to a big powerhouse school. If if you're five ten, one eighty five, and run a four five seven, you're Jameson Crowder. You know, you're a slot guy basically. You know, that's that's your upside. Even if you're quick, you're like, all right, he could be a good slot guy. You don't you don't think you're getting a number one best in the NFL Hall of Fame receiver? Yeah. How hard are you fading Antonio Brown for next year? Not at all. Not necessarily at all. I mean, we got to see where he winds up and, you know, he's what, a little bit What's the chances he stays with Pittsburgh? Is there any chance? I think there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I have no idea what it is. And we talked about the two kinds of probability. One is, you know, there's a six sided die and one of the chances it rolls lands on six. And the other is, is the die even 
straight, you know, is, does it really have six sides? Right. And I think we're sort of in that realm when you're talking about interpersonal contract, bad blood type stuff. You know, we have no idea. We really have no idea. No, we don't. Um, so, you know, it, we'll see. I, you know, he's old enough so that if they could, you know, trade or release him, it would be, I don't know, all the cap stuff. That's not, that's another thing that like, I don't really give it. I mean, I give a shit about it. It's interesting, but I, I haven't like mastered every team's cap space and how much cap hit each guy does. A, it's complex. I'm it's not rocket science, but B, you know, my analysis really starts like when the guy ends up on the team, you know, yeah. cause it's like, it's not really actionable now. I guess in some keeper dynasty league, you could figure it out. But for, for the most part, like, okay, that's the same thing with college. It's like, okay, let me see once he's on the team that I can start to break things down and figure it out. But it's, I'm not so much on like, Ooh, let's speculate where he's likely to go. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, shift over real quick to uh, the NFFC, uh, the Hold'em contest. What are you going to do for uh, those spots? Who are you going to add? Who? What? It doesn't matter. I'm done. You, I, you're I, done. All right. I, on the one that I lost, Trubisky, or one of them I lost, Trubisky, one of them I lost, Jackson. I added Rivers and Prescott as my two other ones, and I purposely added guys I thought other people wouldn't have because if they made this, and I also had Melvin Gordon in one and, and Zeke Elliott in the other, and I was like, well, if the Chargers make the Super Bowl, then you know, maybe I'll get times three uh, times four on Gordon times three on rivers and you know, okay, that may be a winner. Not going to be too many people have better than that. And I thought, okay, if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, I'll have times four and Elliot times three on Prescott. Uh, I could have obviously added breeze and Mahomes on the, you know, whatever. But I was like, you know, someone's going to have them times four. So there's no point in adding them at times three. So I went with total scrub as sort of a, you know, I basically, once you screw up in round one, you got to swing for the home run in round two. And once you strike out, you're out. So I'm setting a lineup, but it doesn't matter. It's whatever I'm doing is, is pretty pointless. I've got a team that's got times three on breeze, Mahomes, Gurley, and Edelman. So kind of live. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, times oh, Breeze two. and Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, girly. I see. There'll be a lot of Breeze Mahomes, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've got it's times two on Camara and Hill. Uh, yeah, yeah. You might that one might have some legs. Yeah, I mean, so, you certainly got to at least like keep setting it and see. Yeah, so now I have to figure out. Okay, how do how do I want to? Uh, who do I want to double up with? You know, who, who am I going to sneak in? I made I I did one mistake. I did, I doubled up with the Chargers kicker, and you know, because kicker is one of the spots I had to to replace. I guess it doesn't hurt you that much to not have a times three kicker, but it, it would have been nice. So I only have three times two guys in the, in addition to my four times three guys. But uh, so this is where you 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 got a little bit more leeway though. You can add a few you know a few spots there. Yeah, it was only four teams. You got to have three of each, right? You yeah. have to have three of each. Yeah, that's right. So I guess it's, you know just add the best guys really. Uh, but and, the guy and, I like this week is Damian Williams. I just think that, yeah, I do too. He's, he's going to go crazy because I think that new England's going to really try to shut down Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. The only way that doesn't happen is if it's like the weather somehow screws everything up and it's like a 13 to seven game or something. So you'd add Williams so over Kelsey. If you had that choice, uh, Williams or Kelsey. Um, I think I already have two chiefs, so I only get to add one more chief. I yeah, have Breeze I, and Hill already. I mean, Mahomes yeah. and Hill already. And they're both pl- times one right now? Mahomes is times three. Hill's times two. Whoever I add would be times one. And then hopefully yeah. times two in the Super Bowl. So 
Williams or Kelsey would be, you know, I have to decide which. Those are basically the options. I mean, I'm not going to choose. Yeah, I think Williams would be the more sort of clever ad. I think people started with Kelsey earlier. I think there was some question whether uh, Spencer Ware would be mm-hmm. playing at all before the, you know, before the first game started when we had to pick our initial lineup. So I think that many more people have Kelsey times three even. So times two times three. So like if, if Kelsey does well, you don't, I mean, you're probably screwed anyway. So I would take Williams. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You don't already own Michael Thomas for my third saint. Would you try to go different just cause he's already over 50% owned? Maybe go after again just to see, just to be different or, you know, is, or is he just take the best available player? that's a tough one because if he goes off, some people have him times three or four, you know, you know, and you're just going to like, you don't want him to do well. But then again, if you have breeze times four and they both do well, well, at least you have Thomas times two or whatever, right. in the super bowl and breeze times four. I'd probably take Thomas. I wouldn't, if it's close, like Williams, Kelsey, I'd go with the lesser own guy Williams. But if it's, you know, Ginn versus Thomas, I think you got to go Thomas. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's uh, that's yeah. Or I could go something stupid like Lutz, uh, but I'm not going to do that. But uh, man, yeah, I'll I'll probably just I'll probably just go Zerline as the kicker spot. Uh, you know, knowing that I ha- you know I I have to take two Rams. I think because I only have one Ram right now. That's the uh, that's my little hole. So there's no good Rams though. Like nobody wants the Rams. It's like Gurley splitting carries. Woods and Cooks are equal, so you don't know which one to take. The QB is not lighting it up, and New Orleans is pretty good defensively. There's no good Rams. I mean, Gurley's the best one, but, like, that's just, like, it's crazy. The Rams were, like, the fantasy carnival for six weeks, and now you're in the playoffs, and this thing, there's four teams left, and you're like, it's really hard to find some Rams that I like. Yeah, it is. And if you already, yeah, and then if you don't, aside from the running backs, it's really hard to find Patsy like, too. Yeah, but you get two running backs with white and full PPR, and against the Chiefs defense, and then Edelman is just easy money in PPR. Yeah, and I already had Edelman, so I mean that's the thing. Adding another one—that's that's the tricky part. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'll be uh, kind of interesting to see how this one plays out. Yeah, I'm really the Chiefs pass is the game that interests me much more than the other one. One of those two is obviously going to win. It's I just I'm not that excited for either team in the Super Bowl. I suppose I'm going to take the Rams plus three and a half because I think it's fifty-fifty game and. You know, but it's like either one of those teams is kind of, kind of boring. And the Chiefs, Pats, this is the, the game I really think is. I think the winner of that's going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it could be, could very well be. All right, I think we covered enough. So I'm going to go. I'm going Pats, and I'm going to go Rams. You're going Chiefs, and you're going Rams. Is that right? Correct. And you see the Super Bowl lines already? No, they already I haven't set. They could change, obviously, based on what happens, but. The Rams against the Pats is a pick 'em. The Rams against the Chiefs is a pick 'em. The Saints against the AFC teams, the Saints are laying one and a half against mm-hmm. either AFC team. So, yeah, that's. Uh, all four teams are within one and a half points, or all three of the four are dead even, and one of them is one and a half points better, is what the odds makers are saying. That's interesting. Usually you have one team that stands out, not this year. Or like one crap team, even, you know, but they're just. All four are basically equal, very close to it. Yeah. Very good. Um, anything else you want to cover? Anything else uh, before we sign off for this week? No, I'm good. I've said my piece. Um, I think we can 
put this one in the books. All right. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. Just uh, speaking of putting in the books, the baseball magazine is going to bed tonight. So, and Clay and James have been workhorses on that. Uh, I've been just, you know, I, I, I did my thing, and you know, when they need something to fire to be put out, I jump in. But uh, I'm excited about that. And then, like, just like now, you, you get all the main, like, we got like over 700 projections, and I'm just like add in little guys here. But I'm just like going to write a bunch of little blogs and all stuff. That stuff's on my mind. I keep like when I'm doing projections, I'll think of something. And I was like, okay, well, I, when I have time, I want to write about this. So now I'm going to, I'm just developing this list of stuff. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm sure uh, by early March, I'll be like, okay, just let's start the damn season already. But right now, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's good. Just take notes, you know, when you have an idea, because, you, you know, you probably just get a ton of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to forget when you're like, you know, I had this idea, that idea. Yeah, exactly. It kind of floats away. You got to write down, write down these ideas for sure. All right. So, that's it. So be excited for uh, more baseball coverage tomorrow. Uh, baseball podcast, Derek Van Riper and I are on together on Thursday. I've got Joe Sheehan. I'm doing a rotating co-host on Thursday. So uh, last week is Jen Stead. This week, Sheehan. Next week, Paul Spore. Should be fun. You want to jump in on that at some point? Sure. Yeah, I'll do some baseball. I'm a little underprepared, but I'm happy to talk baseball. And yeah, well, by mid-February, when uh, you'll you'll have your like steamer thing uh, done. Yeah, I'll be by mid-February. I'll be up enough to have a good, cool, in-depth baseball talk with you. Nice. We'll do that then. All right. Thanks for listening to Talking Yang. Please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. If you don't already subscribe to Rotowire, go to rotowire.com/pod. We'll talk to you next week.